0: Welcome into the July 19th edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DeStefano with Dave Morrisuti. Leafs development camp still underway. We'll hear from a couple of the prospects today and get a sense of how things are going for them. And Dave and I are going to be going and putting together our way too early Maple Leafs roster projection. I think we're into the into the thick of things where I'm not too sure if we're going to get too many more big names join the team. So I think we're safe enough where we can put together um, a roster projection at this point so we're going to put it together right here on july 19th and we're assembling it assuming that it's going to be what october whatever their first day is mid october <laughs> i think it's like october 11th or something might be game one of the of the regular season so that's what we got coming up on today's show should be lots and lots of fun uh you're listening to the locked on these podcasts part of locked on podcast network your team every day Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast. What's up, shop for all things Leafs? I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co host, Dave Morisudi from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf centric podcast. Be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcast from. You can also now catch us up on video formats. On YouTube, just look up Locked on Lease on YouTube. Make sure you do subscribe for that daily Leafs content. I'll be honest, Dave, the lease content these days, a little slow, little slow, right? Over the weekend, we had a couple of signings. So we did add some stuff to chat about yesterday, but right now we're into the thick of lease development camp. So, um, you know, we got a bunch of the young cats, the future of Toronto, if you will, out there trying to prove themselves to, to the organization and develop um, so that they could one day. Hopefully, be uh, you know some big players for this for this franchise. So we're going to hear from some of the players who are out there who've been speaking with the media, um, some of the more talented ones, the least draft picks over the last couple of seasons, to uh, to be exact. But before we get into all this, and we go through our, um, we're going to be putting together a way too early roster projection. Are you familiar with the NBA's Drew League? Or It's not even the NBA's Drew It's just like the Drew League, whatever. It has no affiliation with the NBA. But you familiar with this?
1: Yeah. Uh, LeBron is playing in it for the first time in like 11 years or something like that. Yeah, and like,
0: DeMar DeRozan was playing in it. They're on like the same team or something like that. And they only beat a team by like two points the other day. Like those two combined – like beat a team by two points. Like we saw Malachi Flynn score like 73 in a Pro-Am, um, you know, game or whatever. Which is, I believe, it was also part of the Drew League at one of those games. My question to you, Dave, is like, why doesn't the NHL try and do something like this? Or at least some players do just like a, a, an awesome three-on-three type of thing, and and that could be a way to, I don't know, you could practice um, pretty hard in the, in the during the the off season. You can improve on some skills, like a lot of skills work could be done in these games. I think that'd be kind of interesting, don't you? I I actually
1: think there's something like that out there it's not it's out in minnesota it's called the beauty league so all the like there's certain players from minnesota that have a it's not a pro-am per se it's more like just a a, just like a tournament with like guys from minnesota who come together i know jake gardner did it before like just a bunch of guys from minnesota who were uh
0: doing like actual league or is it more of just like a pickup thing for like a weekend like,
1: it has, like, an actual, like, schedule and games okay. and like teams that get picked. So, that would be my uh, my kind of similar co- sort of idea. But, no, I think, like, there isn't one. Considering all the players that come to Toronto to train. Right. That's like what I was going to say. Like,
0: the Drew League is housed in, um, in, uh, in California. California, right? It's in, like, the L.A. area. <laughs> which is where a lot of players are from or a lot of people live there. So a lot of people flock down there. You can ho- ho- uh, ho- house, yeah, host house, whichever word you want to use. Yeah. This like hockey league in Toronto. And there's a lot of guys who summer in Toronto at home up in Canada, or at least up in like the the, the Collingwood slash Muskoka area. I think you could definitely get something going there. I think it'd be a lot of fun to, to have some sort of pro-am. Even do, do like a three-on-three style game. I think that'd be pretty cool if they figured something out.
1: So I'm just looking right now at the website. Leaders in points. I don't know if this... I'm, I think this is this season. But leaders in points in the Beauty League. Jake Gardner, 5 points. Uh, James Van Reemsdijk, 4 points. Toronto Maple Leaf, great. Justin Hall, 4 points. Ooh. Nick Jensen, 3. Derek Stepon has 2. Like, Casey Middle stats there, so... Oh, and Jake Gensel's there as well. Like there are some decent names at this. Uh, at this, I guess you. I guess you can call it a tournament. Um, but yeah, no, I would definitely like to see something for you know summertime. Kids aren't in school. Something that they can go and just watch. It's you know, it's not high intensity hockey. Just like the Drew League isn't exactly you know, NBA-style basketball, but it's entertaining. It's I don't know if you've noticed the crowds. They're, like, electric.
0: Well, especially when you have LeBron James coming into, into a, a high school gym, essentially, to That's play. Crazy. Maybe it was a university gym or something, but it was not a very large facility. You've got LeBron James showing up to play an actual full-on game. Um, so, yeah, I would I would anticipate there being – quite the quite the ruckus of a crowd for that but imagine it was like austin matthews coming in to play in you know somewhere in toronto like like going out to play at like saint michael's or something like that in 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 that arena you know i mean like it would be it'd be electric it'd be absolutely electric
1: it would be nice you know just I, i know sometimes it's nice to decompress and get away from hockey but let's be real here. It would help to give us a little more content if we got to go to one of these.
0: That's basically what I'm getting at. Cause there's, it's at, right now specifically, like this is the driest week in on the sports calendar, right? The week of the MLB all-star game. There's nothing. It's like we had the home run derby tonight's the MLB all-star game. And then tomorrow is like nothing, nothing going on in the world of sports. I think they got the SBs actually. And that's it. The SBs for, for an award show. Um, but this is like the week where you got to make up some content if you're in sports radio or sports in general, such as, as yourself and I, Um, but luckily the Leafs do are doing their development camp, which is helping us with some content a little bit. So you don't necessarily have to force feed all of it. So they're doing a bit of a development camp. Um, and, uh, so far we, we talked yesterday. If you missed that podcast, go ahead and check it out. Uh, on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast from. But we spoke on Matthew Nyes and how he's just dominating at this uh at this development camp, dominating his one-on-ones. He spoke with the media and, and kind of reinforced that he's going to go back to school next year, but hopes to come and hope help this team at the end in 2023, about the spring of twenty twenty three, and hopefully help them go on a long playoff run. So that's really encouraging. I think if you're the Maple Leafs that Matthew Nyes um, is willing to come and, and wants to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. And he's a massive fan of Austin Matthews too. So it makes all the sense in the world that he'd want to come to Toronto and, and play with Austin for a couple of seasons until, depending on what happens with Austin Matthews' doomsday clock contract. But that is not a conversation for today. Uh, some other guys who are really killing it at, uh, at least camp, though. Um, Ty Voigt has been getting some strong... Uh, raves uh, from a lot of guys over at camp. I saw Josh Cloak of The Athletic say one of the early standouts for him has been uh, Ty Voigt. He said, quote, I like how he uses his stick defensively to create chaos, not afraid to make an extra sneaky pass to create a better chance than getting a rushed off shot. And Ty Voigt was one of those guys who missed uh, an entire year of hockey due to the pandemic a couple of seasons ago as as he stuck around in Ontario and didn't go play elsewhere. So he missed his whole sophomore season, but then came back this year with the Sarnia Sting in 67 games after not playing hockey for nearly two years, had an 80 point season in his draft plus one year with uh with with the Sarnia Sting. So an 80 point year for Ty Voigt, 19 years old, had himself a heck of a or has had himself a heck of a training camp. I believe we have some audio from Ty Voight. Why don't we uh, why don't we hear from Voight right now and see what his impressions have been early on in training camp? All right, give me
1: one second here so I can pull this up.
2: Uh, I mean, it's definitely exciting. I mean, it's great to be back this year, especially with a bunch of new guys, and especially it's a bigger group, so uh, a lot of guys to work off of and uh, you know see what everyone else has. So it's uh, definitely fun to be here, and I'm super excited.
3: How many of you know?
2: Huh? Uh yeah, I feel like a lot of people have played against each other here. Um me being an American I've only played against a select few because there's uh not too many Americans here. But um all those guys I'm pretty familiar with as long as uh I mean as well as uh it's a couple of the OHL guys, so uh it's nice to see some familiar faces for sure. I guess you
3: would have known a
2: little bit. Uh we we actually've never played against each other. I'm not sure how. I mean growing up uh playing hockey in the US, but um, you know, we met each other here. Seems like a nice guy, so uh all good. What did it mean? Uh, I mean, it's dream come true. Uh, I mean, after I was drafted, that's obviously everyone's goal, and um, I think I worked myself to that point. I'm definitely excited to be able to have that opportunity. What allowed
1: you to have such a the summer
2: season? Uh, I think it was just a good mix of everything there. I mean, the coaching staff, the scouting staff, um, great teammates. I mean, I've never been a part of a tighter group, so um, I mean, the support there is unbelievable. Everyone's able to feel comfortable, and bring their a game pretty much every game uh, I'd say it's that's kind of the atmosphere we built there. When you got drafted, you mentioned, uh, you know, it's tough not playing that year before, but you spent it, like, a lot of time in the gym just trying to get stronger. Do you think that time away from the ice doing that may have helped you into that year at all? Like, does that? Yeah, I definitely I definitely say so. Um, I wouldn't put all of it towards the gym. I mean, a lot of it is definitely with um, <clears throat> me being, you know, my size, but um, I think a lot of it, like I said, is just that atmosphere we have in Sarnia and then uh, also the gym. I think that helped me a ton. I definitely needed uh, to be in there. I definitely needed to grab that extra few pounds and uh, that really helped me last year. Were you kind of bursting at the seams to play again after the pandemic? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure everyone was. I mean, (laughs) everyone enjoys some time off, you know, have some fun, get back to being a kid and, uh, you know, doing all that stuff away from the rink. But um, once everyone gets their foot back in in there and gets that competitive hockey going, everyone's ready to go. So what do
3: you think you've got to do
2: Yeah, that's the goal right now. Um, I think it's going to be along the same lines as last summer uh, in the gym. I mean, I think that's going to be my biggest thing throughout my career is getting bigger and uh, just showing that you know it's not going to be a problem for me to deal with uh, anyone out there physically. So um, that, as well as building my speed and then uh, my shot's also something I've been working on a lot. I want to be able to be a threat from everywhere. So um, those are the biggest things. Do you have a, a particular player that you model yourself after? Or two? Um, I'd say one. <laughs> yeah, I'd say one player would be Johnny Hockey, uh, Johnny Goudreau. Um, uh, I think the way he, you know, the creativity he has really catches my eye. That's something I love to bring to the game just because, you know, I love to have fun out there. I love to, you know, do different stuff and, uh, you know, bring that creative part. And so uh, he's someone I like to watch.
3: How difficult was it uh, last winter, like 2021, when the O was shut down and you didn't know if there was going to be a season? You
1: get a few games, no games talk such creatures a habit I mean, you don't have an end goal in mind how difficult was that to still try and turn it into productive
2: time? yeah i mean it's definitely hard i know a lot of guys went through that i know a lot of guys went through you know putting it as much as they could into the into the gym and on the ice and then it came time for us to come back and they hit us with another delay and i really kind of you know killed their spirits a little bit so it's definitely hard to go through but um like i said there was a ton of time for people to go through that and come back but um I mean, I found it just, you know, stay stay to the plan and, you know, do what I've been doing growing up the whole time.
0: All right, so there you have it. Ty Voigt speaking on what he's been going through, I guess, through the last couple of days at uh, development camp. And over the last couple of years, liked himself to to Johnny Goudreau's game. And I think anybody who's a, an undersized skill player is going to say Johnny Goudreau is like the guy who they model their game after. He's five 5'9", 150-ish pounds. So, you know, he's, he's a very small, smaller, small-end individual, and he's hoping to be the next Johnny Goudreau, but it, it doesn't always work out. But as a fifth-round pick, man, the guy's got a whole lot of skill. Hopefully he can put it together for the Maple Leafs at some point.
1: Yeah, and I think hearing how he discussed, like, the adversity he went through with, uh, you know, the season being up and down and having it shut down, like, I think that's something you can – you can use your advantage to know that you've dealt with the mental hurdles of the pandemic and kind of just stuck through it. Like I, I liked his kind of, you know, you kind of just, you get discouraged, but you just stick with the plan. Right. And a lot of these guys have had to deal with it, especially younger players. You know, these years, you talk about how these years are so crucial to the development. And I, I just kind of like the answers he had there about that and how he was just, you just got to, you got to just keep going forward. And I, I'm very, like the, I'll be watching a lot of games. I'll say of uh Sarnia going, uh, going forward. Cause this is a guy that I, I have. Uh, it just seems like he has a good head on his shoulders and he's a very promising prospect.
0: I just checked. Actually, it looks like he's grown a little bit um, on elite prospects, which looks like a more updated, um, you know, for height, weight and all that. Five foot ten, 160 pounds. So he has gained about 10 pounds since being drafted. He's grown about an inch. We'll see if he can grow, and he is hoping to put a little bit more onto that frame. I would assume um, at, at 160 pounds. But he is also a guy who is looking to make Team USA at the upcoming Summer World Junior Championship. So Ty Void's going to be a name that we may be able to watch at the World Juniors next month, which would be pretty, uh, pretty cool if that is the case. Considering he didn't get a chance to do it last year. But this summer, maybe he will. Uh, all right. Why don't we t- take a quick break, Dave? When we get back, we'll hear from a couple of other draft picks, including the local kid who they took in the third round, uh, Moldenauer, who they took. And he shared a pretty cool little anecdote about who he ran into uh, in his first couple of days after being drafted. So we'll hear from him there. But first, we'll hear from you about our show sponsor, Bilt Bar.
1: Yep, from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. you probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have now given the Coconut Brownie Chunk the puffs treatment. That's right, the Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud on coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. They're good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. And remember, they're only here for a limited time, so make sure you don't miss out. They are going fast because they taste amazing. As with all Built Bars, these ones are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part about Built Puffs, of course, is they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they are actually good for you. They are the perfect treat whether you've got a craving, you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you need a quick, healthy snack, they are an excellent source of protein. Delicious coconut-rich sweet brownie creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Get the Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk puffs Built, Built Puffs right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. So that's promo code LOCKED15 to get off get 15% off your order at Built.com.
0: Welcome back into the Locked On Leaves podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with more city. We're hosts here at Locked On Leaves, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast and a lot of other people leave throughout the summer. There's not as much Leafs content throughout the summer, but I got to tell you, we put out our 500th episode the other day, and the amount of people that actually said, hey, we haven't been around for the full 500 shows for you guys, but we picked up on, on your show in the off season and have been a big fan ever since. We've been watching since then. That's great to know, man. That, that makes us feel validated for putting in the work in the off season where a lot of other you know, hockey podcasts, hockey blogs, vlogs, whatever, kind of take the time off. Not us here at Locked Leaves. We're all summer long just uh, along with you guys to let you know what's going on with the Maple Leafs and uh, give you that, that hockey content you crave each and every day. Um, so we talked about uh, Ty Voigt, talked a little bit about um, Matthew Nye, sort of Somebody who was drafted this year by the Toronto Maple Leafs, also at Leafs Development Camp, is local kid, Nicholas Moldenauer, uh, a kid from Mississauga. He had a great, great little quote about who he ran into. Apparently he's been working out at the Leafs facility ever since being drafted. Why don't we hear from uh, Nick Moldenauer and see what he had to say about uh, his time last couple of weeks with the Maple Leafs. What's this uh, last couple of these been like
3: for you? Uh, they've been really good. Uh, I mean, get to meet a bunch of new bunch of new guys, and um, the coaching staff and support staff has been really, really good as well. So um, the first few days here have been unreal. So looking forward to the rest of the camp.
0: Being from around here and actually putting on
3: the Leafs on the ice. Is yeah, I mean, it's a pretty surreal experience. Uh, being a hometown kid, I think growing up watching the Leafs my whole life. So. Being able to kind of put that jersey on with, with my last name on, it's, it's undescribable. Nick, are you hoping to learn from this um, Everything that, that, that there is to offer, really. Um, I think I'm just trying to be a sponge throughout this week, and um, pretty much just soak in everything that there, there is to offer. So. I know that like, the focus has been stealing things from other is there anything that someone has done that's really stuck out to you? Um, I think uh, a big thing I've, I've noticed that a lot of the, the bigger guys do well is just their puck protection. Yeah. Uh, me being a smaller player, I think moving forward, I'm going to have to be really, really good with my puck protection. So um, that's thing something I've been trying to watch throughout the, the first few days and just kind of see what they're doing really, really well and kind of incorporate that into my game.
0: Is it sunk so in yet? Like, it's such a quick turnaround between when the draft was to doing this. Have you had a chance, I guess, kind of come down from the adrenaline of that, or is it just been go, go,
1: go? And yes
3: and no. Um, I mean, it's it definitely has sunk in, but maybe not uh, fully. I think it uh, came right from the draft, and uh, the next day, pretty much, I was in here training with all the guys and all the staff, so um, that was pretty surreal. Um, they do things at such a high level here and I'm just looking forward to the rest of summer and getting some good training in. Do
1: you hear in the staff, like a lot of the
3: Leafs and other NHLers come around here, do you cross paths with anyone? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's just pretty crazy. I'm eating my lunch the other day and I see John Tavares walk over and introduce himself to me, so um, that's pretty insane, so uh, it's definitely pretty cool. So he's pretty, pretty good. like. Yeah, they're all great guys, yeah. Yeah, so he used to be my general manager at the, in Chicago for the Steel. Um, he, he has a really good relationship with my family, especially my brother. Um, if, he t- if you ask him uh, why I came to the Steel, he'd probably say he was recruiting my brother instead of me. So um, we have a really good relationship. So, yeah, it was pretty cool to kind of share that moment with him as well. So that was Ryan
0: Hardy he was talking about, who's currently the Leafs' assistant general manager, one of six or eight 34 Leafs assistant general managers, um, Ryan Hardy, he who came through the Chicago Steel organization, which is where uh, Nick Moldenauer was last season, had 43 points in 41 games, was uh, a third round pick, 95th overall by the Maple Leafs in this past draft, and like I said, Mississauga native, so hometown boy, hoping to uh, one day don the blue and white as a member of the Toronto. Maple leaves. Um, why don't we take one more break and we get back? Let's just get into let's let's go ahead and and do our way too early lease projection lineup. None of these guys are gonna be on this list. I'll tell you that right now. I wish Matthew Nyes could be on this list, but he's just not going to. Um, but there are a couple of names that might not surprise you. Perhaps we'll see. That's coming up next here in the Lockdown Lease podcast. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano, Dave Morissuti with me. We're hosts here at Locked On Leafs. So we're still a couple of months away from the drop of the puck of game one of the Maple Leafs 2022-2023 season, Dave. But what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and we're going to put up our way too early Leafs roster projection. So don't put up the slide yet. We'll go through the whole team, and then we can put it up as a visual afterwards. Um, so why don't, I'll start and go through the players who I believe, uh, or the, the, the lineup that I think that we'll see, uh, for the Maple Leafs, my projection. So I don't think that we're going to get a change up top bunting Matthews Marner, one of the best lines in hockey last year. Ooh, don't broke what ain't fixed. So keep that line together. If you're, uh, if you're, uh, is that not the, yeah, don't no, broke don't what, ain't what ain't broken. You were either you're, you're close. Yeah, that's the one. That's it. Yeah. Uh, what Dave said. <laughs> either way, keep it together. <laughs> that's the first and top line for the Maple Leafs. Uh, and I imagine that would be the case going into the next season for Sheldon Keefe as well. Second line. So, John Tavares is going to be the center. William Melander probably still going to end up being on that wing. They'll try and make it work as much as possible. It didn't work last year, but maybe it'll work this season. Something else that I want to mention that um, I don't think he's gotten a lot of play, a lot of people kind of not loving what John Tavares did a season ago, you and I being one of them, thought he took a step back. He wasn't healthy last offseason, which means he never really got a, a chance to train, I suppose. And you know, he would tell you that that's probably led to it being such a down year for him. But having a full offseason to train and be healthy, I mean, you saw what happened to Steven Stamkos uh, you know, in his 30s, who's actually a year older than Tavares, finally had a, a healthy offseason for the first time in a while and had the best year of his career. Maybe John Tavares can have a very similar type of bounce back this season after being healthy where he wasn't last year due to what happened to him in the playoffs and the cool Corey Perry concussion thing. So I do want to say that that is – something that Leaf fans should probably hope and pray for, that he does turn it around. And, I mean, there's some validity to it, I think. Uh, so, Tavares, second-line center with Nylander. I've got Nick Robertson as the second-line left-wing spot. And, and and the reason why I have this player here is simply because I believe that they're a million and a half over the, over the cap right now. I think that there's no chance they are able to bring back Alex Kerfoot next year. I just don't think there's a chance. I think that he will be dealt at some point through this off season. And if he does get dealt, it'll be more, of not necessarily capped up, but like you're not bringing back a similar player to replace him at a similar cap hit. You're probably bringing back picks or prospects and you're going to have to find somebody else to elevate into that second line role. And Nick Robertson has a good enough shot where I think that he probably is your best chance to succeed in a top six role. So, I got Nick Robertson as my uh, second line left winger. My third line, I've got Engval Kampf and Callie Yarnkroak. We spoke about this at length in yesterday's podcast. I think that those three as a shutdown line will be tremendous. Like, that's a, a, a legitimate checking line where, you know, you get a defensive end faceoff. That's the guys here sending over the bench, right? And I think that they'll be able to be, um, they'll be able to do that job very, very well. So I think that would be the third line. And then my fourth line, Nick abe Kubel, Adam Gaudet, and I have Joey Anderson making the team coming up from the minors of the AHL. I think Joey Anderson uh, has an opportunity here um, to potentially just be a younger, it-factor type of guy. They're looking for more energy, someone who might be able to score a little bit but also isn't afraid to to, to lay the body and. You know, he's a young power forward, and Kyle Dubas talked about at the end of the year how he wanted to see some AHL guys push through, and I think Joey Anderson's probably at the top of the list for guys who will have that opportunity, um, along with, I guess, a Nick Robertson. So I've got Joey Anderson making the team out of camp unless we see some other moves or some other players coming in, um, but if this is kind of the roster that they end up going in into the season with, I believe Anderson makes the team and will be the fourth line right winger. As for my blue line, I've got Morgan Riley and Timothy Lilligren. So this was uh, interesting. So, yeah, so here's my, my my lineup as a whole. So I've got Riley Lilligren, Muzzin Brody, and Giordano and Sandine. So you notice that Justin Hall's not on this list. He could potentially be traded, um, which is another reason why he's not on this list, but also. I don't know. I, I debated on potentially putting Justin Hall in my right, uh, like where Lilligren is and then having Lilligren where Sandine is and Sandine either being dealt or being off of the, the out of your top six entirely. But ultimately, I was looking at some of the numbers this year and Riley and Lilligren actually had a pretty solid outing when they were paired up together. Uh, those two one of the better pairings out there in expected goals against per 60, Um, you know, didn't give up a whole lot in comparison to what Morgan Riley and Justin Hall uh, had given up, or, or you just take a look at the goals against rather with those two um out there together. So I think that there's a, a chance that that could work. Maybe <laughs> I'm hoping that could be the case at the very least, that that is something that could definitely work for, uh the 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 maple leafs and so that's where i got on my first lineup or my first pair second pair muzzin brody i think that brody needs to be attached to jake muzzin to kind of elevate his game at this point that's that shutdown duo and then giordano and Sandine when Sandine was playing he was one of the more elite defensemen third pair defensemen i'll say third pair guys um i I don't want him on the right side. Neither does Kyle Dubas, but honestly, you're not going to flip Giordano over to the right side, so that's probably how you're going to have to play it, unless Sandin's not on this roster, which is entirely possible that he is not. But if he is, this is how I believe the the uh, six-man unit will look come opening night, and then Matt Murray and Elias Msonov, obviously, as the one-two punch in goal. So that's my lineup, Dave. Um, thoughts? How's yours look? How is yours different? Why don't we take a look at yours? Yeah, I was
1: going to say it might be easier if I just pull up my lineup and then we can kind of compare the similarities and differences. So yeah, like yours, I have pretty much the top three lines the same just because I, I don't see any other combination that really like sticks out as a better option than what's there. Um, and what the Leafs have. Obviously, with Kerfoot likely being traded, you 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 pretty much made the case that it's got to be somebody that's going to bring some offensive punch to that second line, and hopefully Nick Robertson's also got the defensive game to also step up into a top-six role. I think that's maybe where they are a bit hesitant to put Nick Robertson in that position, but really there's not a better option there. Um, third line same as well. I think mean, that would be a great third line for the Leafs. Uh, I'm very curious to see how that work out. My the only main difference on the fourth line for me is I got Wayne Simmons instead of Joey Anderson. Not that Joey Anderson won't make the team because he's not wa- he's he is not waiver exempt, so he would have to clear waivers to be sent down to the Marlies. and. You know, 24, some team might decide that they want to take a crack at him if he doesn't make it. But I think it's going to be a fluid thing with the fourth line with the Wayne Simmons. He is not going to be playing 82 games. He might not even make the team at this rate. We don't really know. So I think you you have him and Joey Anderson kind of uh, in and out of the lineup there. I think that's the more likely situation, in my opinion, unless the Leafs bring in another guy on that fourth line. Maybe they find a guy to play fourth line center, and so it's not Adam Goddard. That's that's another thing right there to keep an eye on. On the back end, really the difference between yours and mine is I flipped Lilligran and Brody. And the reason why I know that Brody and Muzzin were a great pair in the playoffs, especially when Muzzin was struggling and he needed somebody, as you said, more defensively reliable. I just wonder if he can be healthy this offseason, if he can have a healthy offseason season. And get back, really, because remember he was injured at the end of the year last year, right? I believe it was a groin injury. Yeah. So he had to, you know, recover from that. I don't know how badly banged up he was, you know, at the end last season. I can't remember, but I think that if he can get back to being healthy, and you put him with a Lillard, I yeah. think that would be, that would be my. High desirable option because i don't know if i want to put Lilygren in that top pair just yet he could get there one day i just think it might be a little too early for that and then yeah I, the third pairing is the same as yours because a i don't want to see justin hall in this lineup but also justin hall could easily be moved too if the leafs decide that they need to shed a little more cap if they need to make a couple more additions because you look at on the back end, especially, like yeah, they brought in Jordy Ben, they brought in Victor Mete. If an injury happens, there's not many options, right? And also up front, yeah, there's probably a little more options if an injury does happen. But I think the Leafs are going to want to look at how can we imp- how can they improve the depth? I know they're going to look at adding some younger guys to give them opportunities to make the team, but I think. I don't think this is a complete roster yet. I think there's still a few moves. I know people are going to say, "Ah, oh, the cap, they're over the cap. You move out a Kerfoot and a, hall, a Justin Hall, and that's just over $5 million you open up right there. Yeah. I think five and a half. So like, I think that's where the head... Obviously, this is a way too early lineup prediction, but as it sits right now, this would be my optimal lineup. Whether people like it or not, this is what they have to work with.
0: Yeah, and uh, I, I think that's that's completely fair. You know, I think both, you know, you can make the argument for and against. I think for me, the reason why, and I know, you know, Lilligren, is he ready for top pair minutes? No, I don't believe he is. But I was just looking and seeing how he and Riley paired together last year. And they actually played quite a bit together. I was surprised. At five on five last season, they played 141 minutes together, or 146 minutes together at five on five and ended up having a 56% shot share and a 61% expected goal per, uh, goal four percentage um, as a duo out there for the Maple Leafs. And when you compare that to what Muzzin and – who did you have, Muzzin and Lilligren? Yeah. 47% the expected goals. And I think that's because with Muzzin and Lilligren, that's your shutdown role. And I just don't – Trust Lilligren as a shutdown role. I would rather, you know, have him in more favorable matchups. Him and Riley take offensive zone draws, and then have, um, you know, Muzzin and Brody take those defensive zone draws as a shutdown. That was my rationale for why I decided yeah, to go in that direction.
1: Yeah, it's completely fair because, yeah, I am. I do I think Timothy Lilligren's defensive game has. You know, gone to the point where you can trust him in a shutdown role. Well, Sheldon Keefe didn't think so because he took him out of the playoffs. Right?
0: I honestly, I am not sold that that Justin Hall will be traded. And no, before we got on, I was like, mm, I'm I'm just so still deliberating if I want to take Justin Hall out of this lineup because I can easily see him as the top pair guy next to Morgan Riley as well, and then have Lilligren and Giordano together. I you mean just, I know you're
1: you an, an old shiver along with her listeners I
0: know I know but like look last year at the end of the season in the playoffs that was how they ended right it, that's that was the comfort zone I suppose for Sheldon Keefe was to put Justin Hall up with Morgan Riley and he moved Labushkin down to the third pair and they did okay and then even if you look at how they did throughout the the regular season. They actually had a 64. You could round it up 64.94. So basically a 65% expected goal differential. Um, when they were out there on the ice together, which isn't bad and a team high, 64% shot share went out there on the ice together with Justin Hall, and Morgan Riley. So, I mean,
1: How how many minutes was that, though, if I may
0: ask? Very limited. It was 47 (laughs) minutes together, basically 48 minutes together, which, again, it's limited, I understand. Well, let me see what it looked like in the playoffs. So I can tell you what it looked like in the playoffs because that was during the regular season where they didn't play a whole lot together. But then in the playoffs, they got an opportunity to play uh, a little bit together. So I'll see what it looked like uh, come playoff time when they were together. Justin Hall... How do they not play more than 20 minutes of playoffs at five on five? I don't understand that. I guess we'll take away the, the minimum just to make sure we can get it correct, I suppose. So Morgan Riley and Justin Hall, 52 minutes together, um, 51% shot share, and that was against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and a 57% expected goal. Um together against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, not bad.
1: No, it's not bad. It's just, I think a lot of people also think an 82-game season of Justin Hall in the top pair might be a little dicey. At the same time, like, there's not a a guy in free agency you're going to bring in that's going to, like, you know, just not an option out there in free agency. Unless it's a trade, but then you're, again, dollar in, dollar out. So unless there's a big trade coming that we don't know about to go and get a right shot defenseman, these are the options that the Leafs have to work with. It yeah. sucks, um, but that's that's how it works. <laughs> that's how it goes. Um, and this is where again I feel like having these younger defensemen eventually starting to step up into these roles. Like this is what has to happen. This is how other contending teams are able to keep their core guys together because they've got. They're younger guys stepping up. So if you're a right-hand shot defenseman in the Leaf system, get at it because <laughs> you're needed big time.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Definitely, uh, definitely need a big time. But, yeah, we'll see what ends up happening, though. There's still a couple more months to go, I think, before, uh, before they can get that, before they can kind of put all that together, I suppose. Uh, I'm just trying to see if I can find the true numbers here for Justin Hall, Morgan Brown in the playoffs, 57% shot share actually. And it was a 63% expected goals. For some reason, I thought he did it before the final game, but it looks like they didn't, they barely played any time at all together. So it must've been in game seven where they made that switch. Yeah. I was thinking it was a little earlier in the series. So they only played like five minutes of five on five together. So barely any time at all. Apparently, I don't know why I remember them playing a little bit more together. But uh, either way, that's another a
1: nightmare. Mike, maybe it was in a nightmare.
0: Maybe it was. Maybe that's what it was in a nightmare. Uh, but either way, we'll see what happens with uh, with these lineups. There's still some time for some tinkering with these teams, and frankly, I hope there is because not sure those lineups scream Stanley Cup champion to me.
1: Not when you look at what the Colorado Avalanche had no. and Bay Lightning have and what a lot of other contending teams have.
0: Yeah, exactly. So hopefully there are some more moves to be done. Uh, that's into it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms. I receive daily leaves content. Follow myself on Twitter at Making a Score Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. Go ahead and leave a comment down below. Let us know who you believe the defensive pairings or what they should look like come opening night next season with the, the guys who they have on the roster. Um, do you like what David got put together? Do you like what I have put together? Maybe you got another combination that you think could work. Let us know in the comment section below what you think the defense could potentially look like. We'll be back with another episode with, for you guys tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.